Yeah. I was waiting for this moment for a while, <laughs> actually five years. Um, so yeah, um, so my name is Edward Denoyo, as I said, and uh, today I will, I will talk about the work I've done in the last uh, five years on automatic test generation for industrial control software. Um, last year, the stage fright hack, hack has exposed every single device, Android phone owner, on this planet. So what is like more than 900 million devices? So we know that that bug made possible the complete takeover uh, of a phone through a text message uh, that you didn't have to even open. So to tackle these kind of bugs, Google releases small patches, like for Android phones every week. I mean, that is quite fast. So if you can, you can, if you can release that kind of uh, patches. For a train, updating the software could take months or years. Even if software on trains and on other safety-critical safety systems should be more reliable uh, software than the operating system on a phone, I mean, companies in these critical domains are nowadays facing very demanding time and money uh, constraints. I mean, this is a different world uh, where the next generation of software uh, needs to be delivered faster, uh, but with the same level of quality. So software is used in industries such as transportation, uh, chemical, uh, uh, automotive, aerospace, to provide controls to many computers. So this type of software is vital to the operation uh, um, of critical infrastructure. So as, a, as the creator of, C, uh, of C++, Bjarne, Bjarne Strofstrup, I think I pronounced it right, famously said, uh, our technological civilization depends on software. If you think about it, the space of inputs to even parts of the software running on a train or an airplane uh, is likely to succeed 10 to the power of 80, which is like the current estimate for the number of particles in the observable universe. Yet only a single of those inputs may fail to reveal the presence of a bug, of a critical fault. Software testing tries to find these software faults before users do. So software testing is similar to Where is Waldo game? A famous children's game, I'm not sure if you know it, that uh, contains illustrations in which children are asked to locate uh, a character Waldo uh, wearing a red and white uh, strip, sh uh, strip shirt and a bubble hat uh, and hat and glasses. Um, and finding Waldo is like the process of finding faults. It's not as easy as uh, thanks to the size of the image and which is large enough to require concentration on parts of the image. So when we found Waldo, we know that we covered some parts of the whole landscape. So software testing means covering as much ground as possible in terms of ex observing the execution of the software. Um, when faced with this challenge of testing software, we as software engineers have um, a critical advantage over other engineers or over children also. In other domains that, that, that they don't possess this, uh, this um, disadvantage is that the engineers, the software engineer's own material is the software. And we can use that to automatically create those tests, the necessary tests. So as I said, software testing tries to find software faults uh, before users do. So we try to invent clever ways to design these inputs that will find software faults, and we build methods and tools to create tests. We run experiments to find out how well these ideas work, and uh, we build scientific evidence 
to see how, how, um, on how to use these ideas. And if these ideas are showing some degree of benefit, um, they are more likely to be used in practice. Um, so I started my PhD studies in the end of 2011, in December, and by, uh, I started by doing research in the area of software, test, uh, software, software testing. So in the beginning, I had the impression that I, I could do whatever I wanted. And it was quite awesome. I mean, I've learned so many things, and I was thinking outside the box without any clear direction. But it did not went like this for so long, and my supervisors know. So I started working within a, a consortium, an international consortium on advanced test automation called ATTAC, uh, funded by Vinova. And Bombardier Transportation was one of the companies uh, in this project. So I started uh, to focus on learning about industrial control software development at Bombardier. And there, there I learned about programmable logic controllers. So I think you will use, I will use this term in this presentation. Also known as PLCs. So PLCs are computer devices used for um, controlling industrial equipment, or like in trains, car assembly lines, power plants. And the software running on a PLC is, has different characteristics than traditional software. Um, because they, you have strict performance, safety requirements, and are often running on domain-specific operating system and hardware. So here is an example of a PLC software component unit. It's a program un, uh, running on a PLC that executes in a loop. Uh, so where every cycle starts with reading the inputs, executing the logic, and updating the outputs. I mean, these programs are developed using standardized languages like this IAC 611313. Uh, oh, that's a mouthful. Um, and block in these programs can be represented as a function block diagram. So they can be supplied by the hardware manufacturer, they can be defined by the user, or they are in the library. And these PLCs contain a special, a particular type of blocks called timers. And PLC timers in this example is the T on. Um, keep tracks of the number of times its input is either, is either true or false and then outputs uh, a, a positive signal. So engineering this kind of PLC programs is certified according to safety standards. Um, so for safety critical system, there are strict requirements on testing this kind of programs. Uh, depending on the domain. So you have the EN50128 in the railway domain. Uh, then you have in the medical domain another one, uh, the nuclear, aerospace, and so on. Uh, and I think you can have even different um, um, safety standards even in the same domain. Um, but I just wanted to mention a couple of them. So for example, in the railway domain for software units, a design is, is used as an expected output. So what we called in our, the academic literature the test oracle. So for checking the results of like doing functional testing, which is mandated by the standard. Interesting is that the standards actually has a recommendation for uh, what type of coverage, code coverage, to, to, to show. So I discovered that in Bombardier transportation, engineers were um, writing a component design um, here, and then they were creating the test, they were executing, they were checking the results, and they were reporting that test sheet. And they were doing this manually. Um, 
while trying to fulfill what the standard said. So my goal was, became in this moment to try to improve this process of creating tests at the unit level uh, for PLC software. And this is a challenging problem and I started looking at automatic test generation or ATG. So this method tries to create test input, test input values satisfying a certain uh, goal, like finding some special values, like invalid values, or satisfying a certain test criteria, like code coverage. And these techniques can be applied at different test levels, so it can be applied at system level, where you create inputs on user level interaction, like pressing a button, um, and, or at unit level, where you create inputs for method parameters, parameters and variables. So I concentrated on test criteria and especially code coverage criteria applied to units because, the, because of these early days uh, of my PhD studies, which I found, an, I mean, I found an area of research where I could contribute and in the same time I had the opportunity to directly impact uh, the practice with, uh, in Bombardier transportation while testing train software. Um, I knew that from the time I collaborated with Bombardier that if they were to use ATG, automated test generation, they would, uh, uh, they would need an usable and useful approach and they would need some degree of confidence on how this uh, is efficient and effective. Of course, there are some roadblocks uh, on the way to adopting ATG. So Jeff Offutt, a professor from George Mason University, mentioned some of these roadblocks. So he says automatic test generation adoption requires change, uh, which can be expensive. So you need to change your uh, testing process. And the usability uh, of the tools can be a problem. Uh, with many testing tools, I think requiring the user to know the underlying theory or so many things about the tool. And some of these techniques can produce uh, tests that are maybe weak and inefficient. Uh, we know that automatic creation of tests is still a key problem. Um, so to tackle some of these roadblocks, I decided to focus on proposing and evaluating an automatic test generation approach for industrial control software uh, written in the 61131 programming language that Bombardier was using and identify the, uh, the empirical evidence uh, for or against the use of it in industrial practice. Um, yeah. So practically, I broke down the research objective in three. First, I needed to find the technique and tool that I uh, use, that I develop. Then I would, um, I would like to evaluate the applicability of the proposed technique to see how, how applicable is this. And then I wanted to see, to compare the automatic techniques with manual testing in terms of cost and fault detection. Um, so now I had the clear direction, uh, but I needed to find uh, a way to accomplish these goals. So I, I had an idea, which I regretted to some extent later because of the amount of time spent to implement it. So I couldn't find um, at that time or any automatic test generation technique for testing industrial control software written in that language, 61131. So I decided, decided well, what the heck, I can do this. Uh, so first I wanted to show how code coverage can be measured on 61131 software and how test suites can be automatically generated. So I first transform uh, the program in a suitable model for representing PLC behavior 
Uh, and one of the most used models for representing PLC is the timed automata formalism introduced by Allure and Deal in 1990, and it has gained a popularity, I guess, as a suitable model for representing uh, timing uh, in this kind of systems. So the translation method consists of three steps. Uh, the first two steps map all the structure information and the block behaviors. Um, I mean, this may be done using predefined operators or in case of uh, more complex blocks uh, like timers, you need to have their standard description. Um, and third and the last step is to create the program triggering and execution cycle. So you know how the pro program is actually executed and which blocks are executed in which order. Um, overall, the result of the translation is a finite state machine of the program. It's a deterministic model. Um, Test case generation for this kind of models can be achieved by generating a path uh, containing a test input se uh, sequence. Uh, I think on the slide I call it sigma of the program P. Um, now I had almost everything in place for checking, for example, a test criteria P as a reachability. So I wanted to see can a certain state phi of P in the model can be rich. Basically, we check this by seeing if it's possible to reach a state in which the test constraints are satisfied. In other words, T is true in at least one reachable state. Of course, a single test case is usually not enough. A set of test cases or a test suite might be needed to cover a certain test criteria. Uh, so for the 6.11.31 programs, this is achieved by adding a global cycle scan which resets the needed variables after each execution. So you start in the initial location, you read the, all the inputs, you execute the blocks, you update the outputs, and then you reset the program and you start again. Um, in the end, we end up with a complete test suite where inputs are read, uh, the program is executed, the outputs are updated, and so on. Now I just needed to annotate the, both the model and the reachability property to be checked. Because decisions or branches, let's say for example in a program, are blocks that can be ev evaluated to Boolean values. And this decision, you can identify them uh, from the instrumentation points in the program. So for example, uh, if you look at the program and you look at the output of the program and then it can take two values, true and false, and that you can call a decision. Um, so decision coverage requires the output of each block to evaluate to true and false. And these obligations um, guarantee in a way that each decision evaluates to both true and false and not necessarily on, on the, in, um, along the same execution path. Of course, you can implement other coverage criteria uh, uh, on this kind of models also. So once we have these two steps ready, we can use a, what we call a model checker uh, to, to um, generate traces, non-executable tests. And we transform these traces uh, to executable test suites uh, that we can run on the actual program. So until now, I showed an automatic test generation approach that uses code coverage <coughs> uh, criteria to assess the extent to which the software is, uh, uh, the software structure can be exercised. I mean, there are other tools than, or other methods than what I presented, like you have EvoSuite for Java programs, you have IntelliTest for C-sharp, you have Cli and others 
for automatic disk generation based on code coverage. But there is some scientific evidence uh, that suggests that coverage criteria alone can be a poor indication of fault detection. And I mean, to tackle this issue uh, of fault detection, research has proposed a way on, uh, on to improving it by using mutation analysis as a test goal. So we decided that this is worth pursuing uh, to implement for 6.11.31.3 software. So mutation analysis uh, works as follows. So Mutant is a, is a new version of a program created by making a small syntactic change to the original program. For example, you can change a, um, a mutant can be created by replacing a method with another, uh, negating a variable, or changing the value of a constant. So the execution of a, um, of a test case on the resulting mutant may produce a different uh, output or a certain state change as the, origin, as the original program, in which we can say that a test case kills the mutant. And I mean, there are two variations of this, weak mutation, strong mutation, depending on this, the, this way of killing the mutant program. Actually, there are more, but these are the ones that uh, um, I considered. Anyway, we, we use mutation analysis as a test goal, and this is named mutation-based test generation. Um, even this, if this has been shown to be quite effective method, no attempt has been made to propose and evaluate mutation-based test generation for this kind of software. So we wanted to, okay, we want to be first in this, for this language, I guess. Um, so I, I was motivated to develop this and see how it works in practice. So I implemented as follows. Uh, one, we start by picking a set of mutant operators, like different common uh, programming mistakes for this kind of programs. And we, we relied on two previous studies um, by you and Shin um, that look at commonly occurring faults um, and mutation operators. So we use the following operators, comparison block replacement, uh, value, block replace, uh, value replacement, uh, negation insertion, logical block replacement, uh, arithmetic block replacement, and timer block replacement. That means that you can just apply these mutant operators on the actual program, and then uh, you produce a set of mutants where you change one of those, for example, this block with another block. So this is a logical uh, uh, change in the program. So let us say that we mutate the program by replacing a block with another block uh, here in red. First, we created a combined program and used that structure of the program representing the set of blocks and connections. So we have the original program, the mutant, and then we create basically like a combined mo uh, program, which is actually transformed also uh, in, into a combined model. Um, so basically, we can actually execute each block and its mutants according to the order of execution. Um, so overall, the approach works like this. We, we have a set of mutants. We have the original program. Uh, based on these two, we, ge we generate a combined model. We have a reachability property uh, for checking if uh, 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 mutation coverage. Uh, and then with the model checker, we can generate a test suite. So we create this reachability property in which we guide and monitor the search such that we obtain, obtain a set of test cases. 
So now that I had all these things in place, it was moment. It was the moment to. I actually seen the. I was start. I started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I had the impression that maybe I can graduate. So this time, after implementing all these things, I was like, okay, maybe. Um, and I'm still not sure. Um, <laughs> so I spent together with uh, with Daniel, uh, with Adnan, Daniel, and Powell around two years of development. So I designed a tool to meet the need of an engineer in Bombardier, testing 61131 software. And the tool is a Java application on top of the UPAL model checker, uh, containing a, a, what I think a clean and minimal interface. So here I, I showed the tool, uh, the, how the complete test tool looks like. So the tool interface is divided in several parts, uh, marked with numbers, one to six. So number, no, number one shows, one shows steps and timing information. So when the specific test data is provided to the program. Uh, two uh, shows the test data, the test inputs. Uh, number three uh, shows the test output data where the user can provide the expected output uh, for a specific set of test inputs based on requirements or his own intuition. Um, four, number four shows the percentage of coverage achieved by using the generated tests. And the last part of the tool, which I think is one of the most important parts, is you validate the test outputs. So it, you, you compare the expected values, the expected outputs with the computed ones. Oh. Okay, so how is complete test used? So it was evaluated internally by Bombardier for testing the software in a real train. Uh, an engineer, well, I would say, had some confidence when using this tool for creating tests because 40% of the programs in one, in, in one project were tested by engineers using complete tests. So I'm, uh, this was quite, quite an achievement when I, when I seen the data, so I, I like that. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of a tech startup here in Vesteros in which I want to spread the use of automatic test generation uh, in safety critical software industry. So we plan to use this, I guess. Um, so at this moment of my PhD studies, I was actually quite confused because it, a lot of things had happened and what to do, how should I continue the work? I mean, I had the opportunity to join the industrial graduate school, it's easy and work for 40% 40 40 of my time in Bombardier transportation. So my goal at this time was like, okay, if I can work at, in Bombardier and I can stay 40% of my time there, my goal was like, okay, I need to evaluate how automatic test generation can be used in the industrial practice, how engineers are using it. So I started this work by looking at the applicability. This is the second research goal. Uh, in particular, uh, complete test. And in general, I wanted to evaluate automatic test generation. Um, well, applicability can be defined in different ways, but I, I can be defined in a way as a degree to which a method can be applied into practice. So in other words, we can fee, think, uh, think, it is, think as uh, the degree to which a method is suitable to fulfill its goal. Uh, successfully. So I concentrated in two, uh, on two tests, uh, efficiency um, and if it's how, how the degree of goal fulfillment. 
And I think these are one of the major tests in evaluating the applicability. I'm not saying they're the only ones, but are the ones that we were interested and people in Bombardier were also interested in this practical context. So I carried out an empirical study of the method by applying complete tests to 157 industrial programs developed at Bombardier um, and measuring how close the tool comes to achieving the goal and how fast the tests are generated. So we started looking at decision coverage criteria and code coverage criteria, and especially uh, on, and also at generation time. What we discovered was that for 78% of the programs, uh, automatic test generation generated tests achieving 100% decision coverage, and for 22% of the program generated less, 82%. This is quite good, but I think, you, of course, you can do even, even better. Um, well, ATG generated tests in two seconds on average. Just to compare this, I had the time, at that time discussion with engineers in uh, Bombardier, and all of them estimated that for a single average program, maybe they spend a bit more than 30 minutes uh, for creating tests. That will cover the implementation and its functionality. I mean. For me, that was an incredible result, if the tool could do it this fast, of course. Um, anyway, like expected, we, we observed that if the number of decision increases, the applicability of this method is not good at all. Uh, so bigger the programs, uh, lousier the method is, I guess. Um, after I finished this part, uh, I was in zombie mode, because I was like, okay, uh, well, I think I need more. Uh, I remember that I was trying to focus on getting interesting results, uh, and this was not as easy as I expected. So my consumption of coffee actually dramatically increased. So I wanted another perspective on my work. So I, start, I started being motivated by the need to provide evidence that automatic test generation can perform uh, comparably, or like equally with manual testing performed by industrial engineers. So in research goal three, I was... I was trying to compare that, automatic test generation with manual testing in terms of cost and fault detection. Um, we measure cost uh, in testing time spent and it's calculation dependent on the number of tests uh, created, uh, while fault detection was measured in, in injected faults. So mutations, which, which are automatically generated uh, faults, and with manually seeded faults also. So we, we used engineers' seeding faults in our programs. So I compare automatic test generation with manual testing by human subjects, uh, both in an academic setting, in a control experiment, but also in, in industry as two case studies. Okay, so in the first, in the control experiment, we had 23 students that participated. Uh, they tested two programs using manual testing and automatic test generation. Uh, and I would like to highlight here that we mainly wanted to compare tests uh, manually created based on the specification. So people were looking at the specification and then writing the necessary tests because we thought that this is a realistic scenario for developing this kind of programs. And of course, so yeah, as I said, we used in this, exam in this uh, control experiment uh, a proxy measure for fault detection, which is mutation, 
analysis, uh, and also we measured for each test the achieved decision coverage, the testing duration, and the number of uh, tests uh, in order to measure both effectiveness and efficiency uh, of testing. So here are the results for fall detection. Uh, on the y-axis, uh, you have the mutation score. On the x-axis, you, you can see the type of testing. So specification-based manual testing and automatic test generation, ATG. Uh, for, for program one, uh, we found that tests manually written uh, based on the specification were superior to tests automatically created based on decision coverage using complete tests. So manual testing shows an average fall detection of, I guess, 90, uh, over 90, compared to just a bit uh, over 70 for automatic test generation. Uh, the difference is smaller for the second program, but still manual testing uh, um, based on the specification had the upper hand. Well, let's look at the number of tests for a bit. Uh, on the y-axis, we can have the, you have the number of tests. You can see the number of tests. And for program one, we can see that automatic test, automatic test generation res results in less number of tests uh, than, the num than manual testing. So the difference is smaller for program two, but still is evident that this is significant. So we were thinking at that moment, the difference in mutation score between manual testing and automatic test generation could be due to differences in the number of tests. So how, we can, how can we control for the number of tests? So it was possible for us to generate tests achieving the same level of coverage, but with equal size as manual tests. So the manual test and what we call here ATG++ uh, have the same uh, test size. So we wanted to compare that, and for program one, uh, it is obvious that manual testing still showing better mutation scores, so the number of tests are not influencing directly uh, this, or not to, to the full extent. Uh, and for program two, the difference is smaller, uh, but it seems that other aspects, I guess, than the number of tests are somehow influencing the quality of testing. So to look deeper onto this, we looked at fall detection per fall type. So we wanted to try to understand if the manual testing was better at detecting certain type of faults. Uh, so for each of the mutation operators we used to, 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 to create uh, faulty versions of the program, we examined the type of mutant detect, detected by each of the technique for both programs. So, we actually found that manual testing detects more comparison, around 30%, if I remember more, and value uh, over 50% type of mutants than automatic test generation for both programs. Uh, we also found that both manual and automatic test generation tests detected the majority of negation type of mutants, so they, they were quite equal at this, uh, and that only for one program manual testing detected more logical type of mutants. Around almost, if I remember, almost 50%, over 40% than automatic test generation. Of course, when finishing this control experiment, uh, well, you had the impression you did something good, but in the same time, a lot of people were saying, but you just use students. Well, show us more evidence. So I was very excited to see if this comparison between manual and automatic test generation can be somehow uh, evaluated in practice. So this is why we performed two case studies, but uh, in study one, we started with uh, 
61 programs from a train control management system for which you use manual tests uh, developed by industrial engineers in Bombardier and uh, our tool uh, for generating automatically tests. And these tests were executed on the original programs but also on the faulty versions of these programs in order to measure uh, not only the code coverage but also the, the mutation score, the fault detection in terms of mutation score and the cost of uh, doing testing. Um, so I will show some, uh, some of our results, starting with the cost of doing testing. So practically, we measure these costs as, um, of these activities directly as an average of the time effort uh, taken by three industrial engineers to perform manual testing. So the cost of performing testing using the automatic test generation is uh, um, um, we, we use the, the information that we got from the tool uh, for doing um, for generating and executing the tests. Uh, as you can see, um, automatically, automatic te generated tests have a shorter uh, testing cost time, uh, over 140 minutes, uh, shorter testing time in average over manual testing. Uh, so over 90% less costly than manual uh, uh, testing if you use ATG, the cost. Okay. But I would like to show how good these tests are, like manual or automatic at achieving decision coverage uh, as an adequacy criterion. Uh, every dot on the graph represents the decision, co or decision coverage achieved by one single test sheet. Uh, so this doesn't seem the best representation. So I will show the results as box plots, which show the distribution of the data as boxes with whiskers. Uh, so within the box, a vertical black line represents the median of the entire data set. Uh, so the median decision coverage achieved. Uh, so you can see that the results on the slide show that automatically generated tests achieve similar code coverage as manually created tests. So they're both um, ex um, executing uh, and uh, achieving the same code coverage, uh, similar code coverage. So how does the fault detection looks like? So of manual testing, so if you want to compare manual testing with automatic test generation based on uh, decision coverage, the results show that the mutation scores uh, of manual testing are higher uh, in average by 3% compared to automatic ones. Um, however, as you can see from the box plots, there is no significant difference. I mean, you cannot say that, oh, manual tests are way better in this case, in our case study. Uh, than automatic ones. The only thing you can see that if you, we had here, we generate a test based on uh, random tests. So random tests with the same size as manual. Uh, and you can see that there is a, there is a difference. And uh, manual tests are doing quite, quite well and automatic ones. Um, but we saw that these automatically generated test suits are slightly worse uh, fall detection and fall detection than manually created tests. So there is still a difference in effectiveness, and we wanted to see if this difference is reflected in fault detection per fault type. So we actually found that there are more manually created test suits than are, that are effective at detecting certain type of faults than automatically generated tests. Uh, overall, it seems that they are able, the manual created tests are able to detect in more faults of certain type. For example, logical, negation, and uh, timer faults. Um, 
Okay, in the second case study performance, we wanted to evaluate another type of automatic test generation, mutation-based test generation, which is considered a more powerful technique than code coverage-based uh, test generation. Uh, in total, we had access to 61 programs provided by Bombardier Transportation, and the programs were well-tested, and I mean, they're, they're currently using a set of operational trains, so they work, uh, obviously. So in order to measure the fault detection, we needed some faulty versions. We said, okay, we need some actual faults. But unfortunately, the data set did not contain any, any, any information about faults. Uh, that, at this level, occurred during unit level. So to try to overcome this issue, I asked four engineers from Bombardier to manually create uh, a number of faults in the set of programs, as long as the interface, the inputs and the outputs are the same, uh, remain the same. So this resulted in 77 seeded faults in these uh, programs. Actually, 77 seeded faults in uh, some of these 61 programs. Um, so test suites were generated for mutation, uh, mutation-based generation, decision coverage-based generation that we've seen, seen before, ZTG, and manual testing. And we execute them on... Uh, on uh, the faulty and original programs, and then we get a pass or fail verdict. Uh, so we found out that fault detection scores obtained by manually written test suits are higher in average with more than 6%, I guess, yes, uh, than those achieved by mutation test generation. So the, de the difference in fault detection is slightly um, greater between mutation-based test generation uh, and branch or decision coverage-based testing. A difference of, uh, I guess, around 10% uh, on average. Um, regarding the cost results, we are interested in seeing the difference between manual testing and mutation-based test generation in terms of testing time. Um, so for manual testing, we use the average time paid by an engineer to manually test each program. And for automatic test generation, we calculated the cost of generating, executing a test by directly measuring um, the time required by the tool to generate and execute each test case. Um, so what we can observe is that the cost of using mutation-based test generation is lower than for manually created tests. Um, I think over 100 minutes um, shorter testing time than the cost of using uh, uh, manual tests. So to understand why manual tests achieve better fault detection than manual mutation tests, again, we looked at what specific faults are detected by one and not the other technique. So we just look at faults detected by manual testing uh, and not by uh, mutation test generation and a specific type of mutation-based test generation, strong mutation. Uh, so from what... 77 faults, we had we identified eight faults that were not detected by mutation testing uh, while being detected by manual tests. Uh, for four of the faults, only one change in the program has been seeded. Uh, and for the, on the other hand, you had four remaining faults where you had multiple changes in the program. Um, for example, a, fo a, f a fault contained three changes combining three, uh, three simpler faults. Um, so, these results showed us that the list of mutation operators that we use for generating tests can be improved. 
So this is the list of mutation operators considered by us and available in the previous literature for, for this type of software. Uh, so we have a couple of already implemented mutation operators that could be improved based on our results. Um, so with the value replacement, oper um, the value replacement operator can be improved by replacing a value of a constant, uh, uh, constant variable connected to a block, not only with this boundary value, but also with a selection of non-boundary values, uh, including zero, minus one, one. Uh, also, logical block replacement can be improved to replace a logical block with uh, blocks that are not in the same category. So blocks come for, for this type of software. It's like you have logical blocks and then you have a category of those blocks. But then you have other categories that have also um, uh, uh, Boolean logic uh, inputs. So you could actually insert them there. And apparently that was one of the bugs that um, um, was inserted. Also, there are a couple of new muta mutation operators that should be considered based on our analysis. They're new. Uh, feedback loop insertion operating, which is inserting a, a signal connecting an output variable to an input variable. And uh, a logical block insertion operator, which is inserting a, a logical block between any other two logical blocks in the program. And logical deletion, so you just delete one of the logical uh, blocks. Okay, so once the results were collected, and I see I'm like one minute over 40, so I will start talking a bit quicker and finish this. So we collected everything, we analyzed the data, I've tried to write the reports and submit the results to conferences and journals, and then we got, uh, yes, it was almost like this. So you can see you're just writing like crazy, and then, oh yeah, you don't see here, I think this is the supervisor first, you show him the, the, the data and then you go forward in the, uh, with the reviewers and everything. So we had five studies included in the thesis. So um, study one was uh, authored by me, Daniel, and, uh, Daniel Sundmark and Paul Peterson. It was published at International Conference on Testing Software and System in 2013 in Istanbul, I think. Uh, um, study two, authored by Adnan, Elaine Wayuker, Tom Ostrand, Daniel, and Powell, was published in the Software uh, Tools for Technology Transfer Journal in 2014. Actually, in the thesis, it says 2016, because that was the last version. They, uh, they updated something, and then they said, okay, this is published in 2016, okay, um, for some reason. Uh, study three was published at International Conference in Software Testing, 2016. Uh, in Chicago, and study four is submitted to International Conference of Software Testing uh, 2017, and is under review. I guess I need, in a couple of days, I'll get the results. Um, while study five, authored by me, Robert Feld, uh, and my supervisor, was published in International Conference on Testing Software and System 2016. A lot of conference on software testing. <laughs> um, but this one, the last one, I was really happy because it got the best paper award, which I was completely surprised. Uh, I'm still surprised. So I would like to conclude this, so the presentation of my thesis. So I'll try to reiterate the main conclusions. We I would say we improved the state of art in automatic test generation by proposing an approach for uh, test generation based on model checking for this industrial control software uh, written in IEC uh, standardized language. Uh, and this approach is implemented in a tool. 
our results show the need for improving the goals used by automatic test generation. But coverage, uh, both coverage-based and mutation-based approach. Automatic test generation is efficient in terms of cost, achieves the same level of co coverage, but is not quite as effective as manual testing. I mean, we need to study further this. We need to consider implication of using other uh, automatic test generation tools. Uh, I mean, this is not straightforward because you need to translate this timing construct and assure the nature of these programs. You need a more uh, reliable cost model and a more realistic fault detection with naturally occurring faults uh, to, to in the evaluation. And if we want to be serious about the use of automatic test generation uh, in the development of reliable uh, safety critical software, we should generalize the results of this thesis to other systems uh, and domains. Thanks for listening. <laughs>